listening to the Shadi cast where South Asian couples tap into insight about the North American wedding industry. I'm Vinny from An Elegant Standard. And I'm Ruchi from Three Wishes Planning. We are wedding decorators and planners based near San Francisco who are here to tell you more about South Asian weddings. All right, Vinny, it's that time. Can you share a rose and thorn from your week? Okay, so from my week, um, I'm going to start with my thorn. Okay, get it out of the way. (laughs) Yeah, I totally fell off the wagon with my uh, workouts, so those are not happening anymore, (laughs) Um, and because of that, I'm a little more like, you could just tell my energy is lower, but I'm going to try to get back on it. Um, My rose is, um, we just... Uh, signed up to be wine club members of this place uh, downtown of where I live and it's um, really nice and they have like weekly uh, meetups and all that so I'm really How excited fun. to go to that. What about you? Uh, what's your rose and thorn of the week? I'll start with my thorn too. Um, this week I've had you know so many like planning meetings and events lately but they're all really far away from my house, and I just feel like I have been in the car like the, like 60% of the oh week. Gosh, yeah. um, but it that plays into my rose, which is when I'm in when I'm like in the car constantly like this, I get to catch up on my favorite podcasts and um, I get to call my friends, you know, the ones who live far away. And I have been listening to the Encanto soundtrack oh. every single day because it's my favorite soundtrack right now. So I've watched that movie like two or three times now. I know. <laughs> Me too. It, you know, it won the Oscar for Best Picture or oh, for Best shit. Animated Feature. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's my rose and thorn. Um, anyway, today we are talking about the roles of your immediate family in your wedding. Mm. So, Vinny, how involved was your mom in your wedding? You know, um, my mom was very involved. I went to her for everything. We bought uh, my outfits. Um, I discussed different styles with her. Um, Every part of the ceremony, she was super involved. Decor, all of it. Uh, My mom was like my best friend during the wedding. What about you? How involved was your mom or other family members? Yeah, totally the same. I'm an only child, so like... I, I did everything through my mom, and she was honestly just, like, a maid of honor for me, like, um, helping me just make so many decisions. Same with my mother-in-law, you know, like, she's more laid back, but, you know, we tried to ask her opinion as much as possible, especially for this ceremony where mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, ceremony and food, that's where the moms have the most opinion. So yes. they really helped us, like, understand all that, all that. Because, um, you know, when you're South Asian, it's not just your big day. It's your whole it's your whole family's big day. And, you know, I always notice this, like, even, like, with my little nieces and nephews, mm-hmm. I hear my cousins are already like, oh, my God, like, when she gets married, like, and they're literally babies. I mean, your wedding is something that, you know, your parents have probably been dreaming about yeah. since the day you were born, much longer than you have yourself. Um And this concept kind of originates from way back in the day when your parents would actually be the ones to select your partner in an arranged marriage. And then your in-laws, you know, if you're a girl, they would be like financing your life and financing your wedding. So they felt like back in the day, they felt like brides and grooms didn't need a say in their wedding because they weren't they weren't involved in picking the partner or paying for it at all. So why should they be involved in the wedding? And, you know, 
again, like going back to tradition, traditionally all the guests at the wedding were only like the parents' guests. So that's another reason why parents felt like they should be the sole decision makers. Yeah. I mean, times have definitely changed, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, we, you know, have more of a say. Mm-hmm. I know when it comes to guest lists, and we'll talk about that later, um, it's not just your parents' friends, it's yours as well. But maybe, still less. Yeah. <laughs> It is still less. Well, I try to get in my way and try to do more of people that I really know. Uh, so even though times are changing, the involvement of families still hasn't uh, changed at all. So can you give me a little insight on like Hindu ceremonies? Um, how involved are families and what's your your take on it? Yeah, so honestly, the Hindu ceremony revolves around parents of both the bride and groom. So Mm -hmm. the way the mandap or the altar is set up is that the bride and groom sit in the center and both sets of parents sit on either side. And they're literally there, they're actually there longer than the couple because they go there before the couple do the puja and then they're there the whole time with the couple. So they're actually as equally involved in your wedding ceremony as you and your husband are or you and your partner. and the reason for that is, you know, your bandit, who is your officiant, will do everything through your parents. If you touch a coconut or touch rice, your mom or your mother-in-law will touch it first. If your husband is, um, you know, putting a dupatta on your head, mm-hmm. your, you know, your mother-in-law will be, will be the one to hand it to him. Anything that happens, it goes through one of your parents. And it's not just the parents. Siblings also have a significant role. Usually the brother, um, sister, and then sister-in-law, which is the Bobby, all three of them usually have a designated role during the ceremony as well. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, so, um, you know, they'll be the ones, like, you know, tying the clots together or, you know, they'll they'll be like you. I mean, there's a lot of little things and you sure. have to touch their feet at the end if they're older. Um, you know, I a didn't lot of know stuff like that. that. The parents uh, was their way before during the puja. Um, yeah, and then then the bride and groom come in. The groom, yeah. So the groom and the parents enter yeah. at the same time into Got the mandap. They do a puja, and then the bride comes in later. Um, and it's a little different between communities. This is just generally what happens. Mm-hmm. Of course, every community has their own traditions. Right. Um, and if you don't have siblings, so for me, I don't have siblings. So my dad's sister was the one who was like the proxy for all of the sister role or my cousin was the one who did all the brother stuff for me. So, you know, even if you don't, even if you don't necessarily have the normal like two parent sibling structure, they will like sub in someone to do that. I've seen ceremonies where the mother and the grandmother play the roles of the parents. Um, Because, you know, of course there's no right way to do it and every, every family looks different, but that doesn't change the fact that, you know, your family is largely involved in the ceremony. Yeah, um, so when a barath happens, um, the bride isn't usually there, right? It's just the groom or is the bride there as well? Yeah, the bride usually isn't there. I have seen, like, on Instagram yeah. some, some barath where the bride comes into, which is awesome. I mean, yeah, I saw, way to make it your own. I saw one last weekend where um, they were dancing together yeah. like, with the barath, and I thought that was so cool. <laughs> yeah, so um, for the barath, when the groom reaches the end, the bride's family is the one who will formally welcome him. So the bride's mom will be there, like with the puja thali. Um, the bride's dad will be there to like hug all the family members. And what they do is they they um, they all like greet each other's um, like 
equivalent on the other side. So like the both of the dads will hug and both of the moms will hug yeah. and the dad brothers and the and the groom's dad brother and then like the 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 bride's bobby and the groom's bobby so like you you all like greet your your other side yeah. um if you're the bride versus the groom's side yeah that's uh very similar in sikh ceremony yeah how does it well. work for you guys so um in the sikh ceremony we have a bunch of different um you know little things that we do so it starts off with the um like in the morning the dad if you're the groom side the dad help or not the dad dad mom's mom's brother Mm -hmm. helps you uh cleanse like your mama yeah your mama Mm -hmm. uh, helps you cleanse and um they take you like out of the bathtub now we just do it for photo ops yeah it's not actually (laughs) happening um but there'll be some photos of like them all dressed up and all of that um, on the bride side, um, the mom helps you get ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, she'll put the jewelry on. Um, and so there's little things like that. And, and a, uh, what do you call it? Like a gala tikka? Like yeah, a, for your yeah. nether. Yeah, for your nether, <laughs> yeah. And so uh, that happens. And then before the ceremony, there's a milni. And it's very similar to what you're saying, where uh, the broth comes in, so the groom's side, and the bride's family uh, greet them at the at the gurdwara or wherever the ceremony is happening and the bride isn't there and um then each side's like relative meet so dads introduce each other and they put a um a har yeah like a garland same um and they shake hands and then sometimes they pick each other up and it's like this little (laughs) cute little bite um and then same thing brothers it's usually between two like the male sides so like dad's um grandfather's um brothers um brother-in-laws yeah yeah but it's changing so for my wedding we did also did females Mm -hmm. and um so you see that a lot more now too yeah and then during the ceremony um the dad's very involved so um when we're about to do our uh, feras, so walking around, um, the dad takes the girl's dupatta and the male's dupatta and puts it, like, ties it together. So that part is uh, the involvement of the bride's uh, father. I've seen moms do it too. Um, you know, sometimes moms are like more involved in their lives than dads are. So I love seeing this new tradition come up as well. Yeah, and we can't forget the most important involvement of your siblings, which is the shoe stealing. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us more about that. So, um, yeah, so the sisters will always be involved in that, uh, especially the bride's sisters uh, will try to get the groom's shoes. And the groom's brothers or friends will try to hide the shoes. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of different ceremonies that happen around that, too. Um, so they're trying to steal the shoes, and they can't leave without their shoes, so they have to, they have to pay up. <laughs> and when, uh, when they're coming, we call it like a dolly mm-hmm. from the bride's house. Um, so after the ceremony, you go back to the bride's house to uh, pack up all her stuff and take it with you. Mm-hmm. But then the sisters stop the bride from leaving. Oh, I didn't know about this. Uh, yeah, before leaving and get the, um, the groom to pay up. 
Oh, so you, double, yeah. double bonus for the sisters. <laughs> So you kind of see this, like, you bring in the bride first into the house, and then you stop the groom from entering in until they can, um, they can pay up yeah. take her away. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of, you know, taking the bride away, another part where your immediate family is very involved is during your vidai. So that is like a ceremony that happens um, after the wedding. So, you know, traditionally the vidai happens literally when the wedding is over and the bride is actually going, you know, to her husband's parents house to live forever here nowadays here it's very symbolic you after your ceremony you just get in a car with your husband do a lap around the venue yeah. and come right back but it's still a very significant moment this is this really this is like ultimately the moment that signifies your parents giving you away to your in-laws if you're the bride you're giving you away to another set of parents so um your your all of your immediate family members will come to the car with you. You'll hug all of them. Um, usually extended family members there till you'll touch will touch their feet. You'll hug them. There's a lot of crying involved. Yeah, um, and then you know your in laws will be there to be like you know we're gonna take care of her. She's yeah. our daughter now. And there's a lot of like like reassurance that happens. It almost and feels like a Bollywood movie. Don't, yeah, totally. Because, you know, obviously it's not like that nowadays. You're probably just going to like your little apartment, like, you know, 10 minutes away from your own parents sometimes. Um, but it, it's, you know, even despite the fact that it's purely symbolic, families really get emotional yeah. around this. Yeah. Well, like um, in our culture, like the wedding's the biggest thing, right? Mm-hmm. And that's like something that they want to see happen and the parents dream about mm-hmm. and... Uh, seeing your little baby girl or your uh, little boy grow up, it's, it's yeah. Yeah, okay. definitely. Um, one good thing about South Asian weddings, though, is that they are very inclusive of other cultures, and there's a lot of ways to make non-South Asian, um, mm-hmm. non-South Asians feel comfortable, too. Um, if you're having a wedding where one side is South Asian and the other side isn't, I think the best thing to do is, of course, start with an English-speaking officiant. Mm-hmm. Um, because as I mentioned, your the parents are going to be highly involved during the ceremony, and they should know what they're doing. You know, they should know, you know, why are we having a fire? Why are you throwing rice in the fire? Why are you feeding each other mitai? Like, um, and do you know Bunditchis who can um, do both? Like do the English-speaking piece of it and in Hindi? Absolutely. Um, again, being in North America, we have a lot of resources of pundits um, who we can hire that can do a bilingual ceremony um, and can also take pauses to explain to the audience what is happening. Because again, if you're, I mean, even if you're having a wedding where both sides are Indian, chances are a lot of your guests still, even the Indian ones right. don't know what's going on. I hardly know what's going on when I watch someone else's wedding, despite having gone through it myself. So um, especially if you're having a, a family members who are not South Asian, it's really important to them that they understand everything that's happening. So it, it's a good idea to have an English-speaking officiant. Um, you should definitely explain everything far in advance if you're having a very traditional like four-hour ceremony. Mm. Power to you, but you should explain each step to the non-South Asian side so they understand why yes. they're being put through this. Because um, Hindu ceremonies can be very long if you want them to be, and um, I'm sure the other side would appreciate kind of understanding all the reasoning as well. Yeah, and I say like a signs like one of your friends or a family member to them because they can they you know they may not remember what was told to them in advance but once they're given the um 
you know, the reminders, they'll totally be into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for Sikh weddings, like, it's a little harder. Um, I don't think I've yet to see an officiant. Actually, they're typically not officiants either, so you have to get the whole court. Uh, yeah, thing, that's... But, but the Guruji doesn't usually translate it. They sometimes have, like, some Gurdwaras will have screens that will translate everything. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, that, and I honestly don't know, like, the, um, I, I know, like, conversational Punjabi, but, like, the Punjabi they speak, I'm like, I'm lost. Oh, totally. Yeah, in Hindi weddings, they're speaking Sanskrit, and yeah. I don't know that either. <laughs> And, um, but I know when things are going to happen at the, and the timing and all of that, um, but sometimes the, um, there's someone else then they're usually like the president of the Gurdwara who gives like a speech. Um, they, you see this a lot more where they'll give it in English. Oh, that's they'll, good. They'll do both mm-hmm. Punjabi and English. But, mm-hmm. uh, the biggest, I think take other takeaways, like don't apply pressure to like, to force anyone to do anything uh, during the wedding, especially your non-South Asian side. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, being South Asian comes with so many traditions and cultures, but that doesn't mean that if, you know, the other side wants to do an abridged version, like that needs to be taken into consideration and you should be doing what you can to make them feel comfortable and explain to them the reasoning that, you know, you have to go through the steps and, if there's a way you can accommodate them, maybe they want to wear something comfortable rather than, you know, the sari you've handed them. Right. Or maybe they maybe they want to take a break in the middle so they can eat and drink something because you're going to have a long ceremony. Or mm-hmm. um, maybe they want, like, a very comfortable seating. They don't want to sit, like, on a, on one of the stools, like the Sankira-style um, right. um, chairs that we have. So if there's really anything you can do to make the other side feel more involved or more comfortable during the process absolutely you should be doing that yeah and um you know if we are telling them what's going on before giving them like a written Mm -hmm. um yeah like Like a guideline yeah Yeah, and especially on, on the day of the ceremony as well uh, to provide for them and there's so many cute ways of doing this and so many templates out there too which is awesome um so there's decor, too, that we need to talk about. Oh, my God. How many opinions do family members have about decor? Oh, my gosh. So I do try to figure out who are the main, like, stakeholders, you know? Like, it's when you got, like, a South Asian side and a non-South Asian side, it's t- definitely different, but I want the non-South Asian side to also be involved. Of course. If they want to be. Um, but sometimes they don't really our weddings are so extravagant like and there's so many little details that not everyone will understand but um experience with doing decor with families is so interesting it's hard sometimes to get everyone on the same page but my client is usually the bride and the groom or the couple Mm -hmm. like they are my client so Sometimes they'll tell me, like, I like this, but my mom's going to say this. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm just like, okay, how do we either find a happy medium or how do I get... Like, put her off nicely. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Put her off nicely because this is something you really want. So mm-hmm. I try to find out from the couple what uh, what's negotiable but what's non-negotiable, too. And I try to get on their side because it's their big day. 
of course it's the family's big day too but um you know it's really theirs. <laughs> yeah, totally. This happens to me in a lot of wedding planning meetings too. Um, usually for my full planning couples, what I tell them is, you know, tell me the most important things to you and, you know, pick your battles. Yeah. Chances are your parents care the most about the ceremony and the food. So let them have that. Don't fight them on it. If they want to serve something that you don't necessarily right. like, but they feel like their guests will like, let them do it. If they want to make the ceremony, 20 minutes longer by doing an extra step that you don't feel like is necessary, let them do it. Um, And in return, you can put your foot down then when it comes to something like your decor or your entertainment or your venue um, because those are probably things that are more impactful for you. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's something that worked for me and my parents. Yeah, absolutely. Although there were some things that I was like, <laughs> oh my God, till the last day. And we're still sometimes fighting about it. They brought it up like a couple of weeks totally. ago. And I was like, dang, we're six years into my marriage now. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's really important to kind of see what families want. How can decor uh, designers really work with the whole family? But where else do you see families in the whole South Asian wedding? Yeah, so I work with, you know, South Asian couples and a lot of like just Western couples as well. But I will notice a lot of times when I have wedding planning meetings with my South Asian couples, Mm -hmm. it's not just the bride and groom. Um, Mom and dad will be in the background. Siblings will be in the background. And usually they're pretty good about just like being observers and just watching as the conversation Mm -hmm. happens between me and the bride and groom. But they will occasionally chime in. And honestly, sometimes it's good because I don't want to have to plan twice where I plan it with the bride and groom and then we check with the parents and the parents are like, I don't like it. Let's do like then I have to redo everything all over again. So it can honestly be beneficial to have the family members in the meeting so we can just discuss everything at once come to a conclusion and then move on to the next thing. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, Because it'll add more work to you Mm -hmm. and to the bride and groom. And it just creates a more frustrating situation. Mm -hmm. When we get them involved early on, we could kind of mitigate all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Also in the Sangeet dances, that's definitely the most fun (laughs) place to see the families. Um, the siblings are definitely doing a dance. Yeah. Usually the couple will drag mom and dad into a dance too, <laughs> even though you can tell they don't want to be there. Right. And entrances too, right? Like, yeah. Um, sometimes you have siblings enter in first and then parents and then the bride and groom. Um, and then that brings you to like reception speeches. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just the best man and the maid of honor in South Asian weddings. Yeah, it's definitely not. You've got cousins, you got siblings, parents who want to give speeches. My parents didn't want to give a speech, uh, mostly because they're not, they're just like, they have a, what do you call it, like a social anxiety almost, <laughs> and like stage fright. There you go, Aww. stage fright. So uh, my brother was up there and then my cousin, but um, yeah, they're a big part of the speeches. Um, you know, uh, figuring out your guest list is a huge part. That is where the families are the most involved for sure. That's, that's the one that my parents still fight me on. (laughs) Because I, if it was up to them, they'd invite everyone under the sun. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I had to really stop them and say like, I don't like, we can maybe invite them to the pre-wedding stuff, but like, I want the wedding day and the wedding reception to be very intimate with people that I actually know. Yeah, yeah. Trust me. We have many arguments over it too. And 
my husband and I will still talk about like, oh my God, why was this person there? We could have had this person there instead. And our parents just like steamrolled us on this person being there. And yeah, the guest list is definitely the number one point of contention between families. So um, and that's definitely one area where as a planner, I'm just like, this is between y'all. Like, I don't care who comes. <laughs> You're on your own with this. <laughs> right, right. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add? No, just in general. I think, you know, although it can make it harder to collaborate with your families, um, in the end, it's also more fun because it's another way for your family to get excited about your wedding. And on the day of, like, everyone together gets to feel like really proud of what you've created. And um, this is very relevant to me. Other people besides you need to understand what's going on in the wedding. Like when I'm, when I'm coordinating a wedding, I can't go to the bride and groom for every little thing or really anything at all. Like they're busy and I want them to be in the moment. I need to have um, like a parent or sibling I can rely on to troubleshoot issues that come up to, figure out like oh who's this guest who like won't get up and leave or who's this guest who's in a wheelchair and how can I help them like um and when your family's involved in the planning process like it really um means that there's a whole team of people who I can rely on on the day of the wedding when the bride and groom are busy enjoying themselves that makes total sense well thank you for sharing this yeah thank you for listening to the shadi cast with Richie and Vinny Follow us on Instagram at the ShadiCast for show notes, inspiration, and other contact information. And please remember to rate our podcast and share it with your friends. <laughs>